Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Celtic Story is a smash hit theatre production that charts the unique history of the famous Celtic football club. First performed in 1988 as part of the iconic club's centenary celebrations, it returns to the stage with a brand new song penned specially for the show. Celtic did it first. The Celtic Story, from August 31st till September 16th at Glasgow's SEC Armadillo. Tickets available at ticketmaster.co.uk. Why shower when you can have Versace blue jeans? <laughs> that lot are absolutely terrible, aren't they? <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of 20 Minute Tims. Stephen and Melly. Hello there. Oh, we're back. Brendan's <laughs> back. Celtic are back. Rangers are back. Loser Rangers are back. Did you, let me ask you an honest, serious question here. When that lineup dropped, <laughs> how oh, did you feel? I don't, I don't want to be honest about that. How did you feel? Oh, well, I, I can't be anything other than brutally honest here. I was crestfallen when I saw the lineup come out. I was defeated. Mm. I thought there was absolutely no chance. Barrett, well, I think when, when we did our build-up to the game on Patreon uh, ahead of uh, 45 minutes before kickoff, we went on, I said, look, barring some sort of miracle here, everyone pray to the God you believe in that we can get some sort of result in here because I saw things like Liam Scales, I saw David Turnbull, mm. all the things I didn't want to see in that lineup, and I thought we were going to be seriously up against it here. I, I came away from the game thinking, and we'll get into all this stuff, of course, but I came away from the game thinking that was... That was Nothing short of the miracle we asked for. And then the cold light of day, maybe we just beat a really crap football team uh, over the weekend. It can be both. <laughs> yeah, it can, it can, it can be can, absolutely it both. It can be both, but enjoyable. Either way, take your pick. Look, we got all the things we enjoyed, Melly. We got an against the odds win at Ibrox against Rangers. We got then after it, the Rangers fan fallout. And honestly, well, let me ask you the honest question. We've not rehearsed this. What have you spent all day doing? Oh, made a wee thread on Discord. People started <laughs> filling it of pain and yeah. Rangers pain on the Rangers forums. Listen to the Rangers podcasts. In many ways, you know, if you're not going to subject yourself to some serious Rangers pain <laughs> after a win like that, you're doing it wrong. No, no, this was a this was a special one, wasn't it? A mm. special one because I'm like Stephen. I didn't think Celtic had a chance of winning. Everything I seen in the lineup gave me cause to be concerned, and then. For every point I make, you can just insert the limmy. I forgot how shite they are <laughs> after every single point because I just looked at from a Celtic point of view. 
but we are going to struggle here. I thought we are going to struggle to stop Rangers scoring. I thought we were going to struggle to score. And I thought with our midfield and David Turnbull with the centre-halves, full-backs, wingers, I thought, where, where are we going to get this victory from? And then when we went out and played, I thought, do you know what? I forgot how bad they are. And also, you can forget, like Celtic can slug it sometimes and they mm. went out and done that. And also, we've got a much better manager than that. In fact, we've got a manager, a proper manager. Yeah. Somebody with repute, somebody with a reputation, and somebody with tactical nuance, and we seen what happens. In Look, that was that. a bre- that was a Brendan masterclass. I don't want to overegg how bad Rangers were because part of them looking so bad was was how good we were, and they they they're not going to get a better chance. I don't oh, know never. what they want. What, what 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 more do you want? We've got players out. We've got fifth and sixth choice centre halves. You got all the tickets for all the seats. You got all your own fans. You spent fortunes in the summer. Good tifo. Good. They got them. They got their, They got their, They got one of those tifos. If that's what they're going to do with the tickets, let them have it. Honestly, but there's 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 just nothing you can do when you come up against a, a manager of the quality of Brendan Rodgers. And for me, that was a Brendan Rodgers masterclass because it would have been so easy to send the players out to Ibrox to say, "Look, boys, get through this. Get through this, and then we'll pick it up. No matter what hands we'll pick it up at the, throughout the rest of the season." But that's not what Brendan set his team out to do. And you know, we've got a phrase in this catchphrase, a catchphrase in this podcast, even you almost have forgot. Yeah. And we use it when a player pulls out a performance who's been performing pretty bad. And we could maybe discuss some of that. But that was a Brendan Rodgers, you almost have forgot. That is, to me, the same mentality that when you go a goal down at Ibrox, you put on an attacker. There yeah, was no yeah. way Brendan Rodgers was going to do anything other than go out there to win that football game. And he pulled off a plan and a game plan that achieved it. It's the reason he was brought back to the club, yeah. isn't it? It's the reason he was the the number one candidate, the best candidate for the job the entire time. You know, we we had the debates at the time as to whether you really want to go back down that road, rip open all those old wounds when it came to Brendan Rodgers. But a result like that is exactly why he's back at the club. And it's it's not a fluke. He's done it before. You've already referenced mm-hmm. that that 3-2 game at Ibrox many years ago now. It's, it's what he does. He, he manages to get results when, when the chips are down it's time to roll out the big potatoes. And <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's exactly what Brendan Rodgers did. Look, was it a was it an amazing performance? No, but mm. as as you said, Melly, they they dug in, they fought for it, they worked hard, and got the result. Rangers should be ashamed of themselves, quite frankly, <laughs> because you've already said that they'll never get a better chance. No. I reckon there's a good chance that... Right, I thought that was just a statement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was wondering what he was referring to specifically, because there's a number of reasons why they ought to be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> exactly. Just for, That's the reason they should be ashamed of themselves this weekend. <laughs> but there's every chance, that, depending on how this season goes, if it's a very successful one for Celtic, which it potentially can be, we'll be talking about that game in 10 years' time as the day we turned up to Ibrox mm. with half a team Nobody gave us a chance at all. And do you know what? There, there'll be many people out there listening, watching to this, thinking, no, I, I kept the faith. I, I was confident. And that, that's admirable. I, I, mm. I respect that. But I don't think anyone thought, right, we're going to go in here. We're going to control large parts of the game. We're going to restrict them a, a, a few chances. Defend with their lives a few, you know, for the most part of the second half. Well, the, the second part of the second half. And then we're going to win 1-0 with that decimated defence, the defence that nobody wanted to see in there without the even the help of our emergency defender that we brought in just a few days ago. We got an emergency defender. As soon defender. as he landed, everyone uh, thought, this is for the Rangers game. Break glass for Nat Phillips and he still didn't turn <laughs> off for this game. So, you know, I, as I say, I, I fully respect I, I got it wrong I, I counted Celtic completely out I just thought and especially see when they scored after 35 mm-hmm. seconds or whatever it was and granted you know, it was massively offside it wasn't even a debate but I didn't know that at the time I was sitting watching that on the couch and thought 
oh, this is going to be a long, long day. This is as bad as it can possibly get. This is even worse than I thought it was going to be, and this is going to be a slog. But what what a performance it was. You know, gritty is how I describe it. We, we, had, we had to dig deep, yeah. and individual players had to dig deep, and I think the focus mainly was on the defence, and after the game, Liam Scales pulled out a man of the match performance, and I think Liam Scales was the, the, the main person that we were worried about going into the game. I mean, I'm, I'm re- reluctant to say it on the podcast because of how much goodwill there is for the guy. The guy, look, the guy played his absolute heart out. Yeah. Liam Scales left nothing on that pitch, and that's what you need to do in, in games like that. That's what we required before the game. When I saw the lineup, I thought we need our big players to make big contributions to get through this game. But what we also needed was players like Liam Scales, limited guys, guys that we were kind of worried about to leave absolutely nothing out there. And that's what he did. I thought he struggled in the first half. Yeah. Right. Really, really struggled in the first half. In the second half, he managed to see the game out. Lager Bielka as well. Uh, look, he's a young player. He's just arrived at the club. How many training sessions could he have had? You know, it, there's no way we're expecting to throw him in against that game. Bit of a boo-boo and a let-off for what the, the Rangers goal that we're going to talk about. But I just think at the end of the day, those two guys did the absolute best you could ask for them. Yeah, they did. And a lot of the time with Celtic, maybe under Ange, you thought, can this team suffer? And they done that at Ibrox and Ange's first season and came away with the... 2-1 victory and for Celtic to go there and get this victory so early on and really suffering that match mm. at times I don't think they were under sustained pressure a lot of it but Rangers I don't think they had a shot in the first half but second half you knew where Celtic were going to be up against it and you asked us before the game like, look what's it going to take for Celtic to win and we looked and thought the big players have to play well I thought I think we said look Kyogo Matt O'Reilly and uh, Cal McGregor are going to have to have really good games they did Joe Hart had to maybe have a Fraser Foster game didn't quite pan out with that but he made some really really important saves probably his best game for Celtic maybe Mm. I'd say and Mm. even then he didn't have to do that well that's not a slight on him so we had to get all that stuff but with the defence as well uh, it was just one of those ones where you have to get through the game and while there might be some revision on Liam Scales and that I don't think it really changes much about the players, what we think of the players, because how many times are they going to be asked to do that sort yeah. of game? In Scotland, it's going to be Celtic will have the ball at a time. I thought Scales and Lagabielka really struggled in the first half. Rangers got in behind that sort of left-back and left-hand centre-half position because Liam Scales was running, trying to attack balls, not winning it, and the ball was going over. Happened a couple of times. Lagabielka obviously got caught on the ball. Second half, they kind of stopped that, and got a bit more solid. I think it must have been something they said at halftime, look, stop diving in and leaving yeah. space in behind. And they just defended what they had to defend. Is that worthy of a man of the match performance? To be honest, I thought Cal McGregor, yeah. Matt O'Reilly and Dyson Maeda were all ahead of them. But if you want to give it to Liam Scales, that's fair enough. It's a brilliant performance for him. Mm. Is that a brilliant performance overall? I don't care. Cause he won the game. <laughs> see, uh, see Scales and Lagerbjelka, they're never a partnership in a million years. No. And it's like, I can give both of them individually credit for really stepping up in the latter part of that game and just defending with their lives and throwing their body on the line and heading things away and getting tackles in and just getting things out of the box as well as they could, but they, they don't work together no, at all. Like, I'd be happy if I'd never see them together. Yeah, again. And, and it's not, it, 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 there was just a, a complete lack of communication between the two. Go back and watch the game if you if you get the time. Treat yourself, treat yourself <laughs> anyone, but the amount of times they both get drawn towards the ball is incredible. Captain, the St Johnston game? Yeah, that yeah that's, that's right. So I noticed that, I mean, I'm quite well placed on the halfway line. I'm quite well placed to see the communication between, um, well, you sit in the same place as well, 
quite well placed to see the communication between players and it was a couple of times they both for some reason they both get drawn over to the left side yeah. they both get caught under the ball it happened loads of times against I say loads but if it happens three or four times in a game that, is, loads, that yeah. is quite a lot yeah. to be honest but it happened in St Johnson game as well and I did see I noticed that Lagerbielka and for the benefit of the camera he gave a he gave skills a like, I cannot shrug like, what you doing this mm. is my position why are we both here we're both being drawn to the ball so together it doesn't work, but individually, I thought they they both deserve credit for their performances there's, there because there's, there's it no, was it was just a case of as you, as you say, just get it done, just somehow get the job easy done. Easy to in that, especially yeah. after the first half performance yeah. from the two of them, fifty thousand people, probably not fans' favourites to be in there. Lagabelka just in the door, Liam Scales in the back door, so mm. uh, he should be out here, but he's got a reprieve here, and for them, it put get a clean sheet there. I never seen it coming to be honest. I thought before the game we're going to need to score two or three to win this yeah. game. But the way the game played out, it was a Brendan Rodgers masterclass. I think we did some things differently. Greg Taylor was heavily inverted in this game, sat in beside Cal McGregor, which meant McGregor then had the space to roam and just completely dictate yeah. the How game. How many times have you seen him dictate games against Rangers? Well, he comes was, alive in this fixture. And that's it. This is the captain performance. We all remember in certain games where Celtic were struggling at Ibrox and Scott Brown would do a foul or drive on and get Celtic going but we've seen Callum McGregor uh, in the game I talked about earlier when he drove through and the ball breaks to Rogic and he scores in that 2-1 game Celtic get level after Ramsey put Rangers ahead that time and then here start the game he just drove through about three or four mm. Rangers players plays a ball out and you go he is on it today if we had worried about his performance before the game we wouldn't have to and he was brilliant he was everywhere so much so that the tactical genius that is mm. Michael Beale <laughs> well Brought yeah. in his best finisher at the club <laughs> after he... This is a guy, Kamar Roof, who's been there for years and Michael Beale spent millions of pounds mm -hmm. on forwards. Moved him into a number 10 position to sit on Cal McGregor. Thought he's your best striker, mate. <laughs> that, that, yeah. They had to do that because for the first half, they basically just, just gave gave Cal McGregor the keys to Ibrox mm. and I can't get my head around that at all. I, I don't know what's going on at Rangers I, I with these approaches. I can explain. I can explain it. But by all means, the, the floor is yours. I, yeah. I've looked in at this and I had to look at the, the stats. I looked at the numbers and I, I dug a wee bit into Michael Bale's history about why the game played out like that. And um, just excuse me while I look up my notes. Yeah, Michael Bale's a fraud. <laughs> right. he's, a, he's a fat myth. <laughs> Michael Bale, that's what he is. Right? And that's the difference between having a good manager and having an yeah, absolute yeah. myth in the dugout. See, see, this is the whole point, isn't it? Because they have the debates and I thought Chris Sutton was... He's, what a coup for Sky Sports, Chris mm. Sutton is, by the way. Nice to see him back, isn't uh, it? Yeah, yeah, safety he's, guaranteed, obviously, <laughs> this time. He's paying them back already with his patter on there. He's trying to, he's done it a couple of times and he's trying to goad Chris Boyd or whoever else is mm. in there, Chris Boyd particularly, though, into saying whether or not they should just sack Michael Beale. And, and Chris Boyd, I suppose, if I have any sympathy for him at all, he can't, as a Sky Sports pundit, be sitting in the studio saying, yes, they should sack Michael Beale. That's not really his position to do that. So he just sort of flubs it a wee mm. bit. But the idea that this isn't a debate is ridiculous because... I heard, was it Barry Ferguson as well, being called a cheerleader? Surely <laughs> oh, everyone's... No, don't let him take a breath. <laughs> Surely everyone has seen this, this contest doing the rounds as well. But Barry Ferguson was saying you can't sack someone after four games, which is, again, one of those weird Rangers Michael mm. Beale lies because it's actually about eight games they've played so far this yes. season, isn't it? So 
that you can't sack a manager after four games, but it's not about the number of games, it's what he's doing. It's, it doesn't have a clue what he's doing. Why on earth would you ever turn up to a game against Celtic at home, a, a hugely, a decimated Celtic team, and just think, well, Callum McGregor, don't worry about it, let him do whatever he wants for the first half, and eventually we'll drag a striker in, and he basically just sort of follow him around a bit. The guy doesn't have a clue what he's doing. It's that, and it's launching the ball, giving the ball to Goldson and Tavernier, and Booting the ball as hard as they possibly can up the pitch. It's inexplicable from the, Rangers. The, the fact that this guy's managed to bumble his way <laughs> into the Rangers dugout is extraordinary for me. And it wasn't so long ago we were listening to Michael Beale and we made fun of him on this podcast. He was taking credit for Glasgow Derby victories that when he was like first first team coach or whatever yeah. position he had at Rangers. Johnny. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, 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 he was saying things like, you know, we went invincible or we won six of the last eight Glasgow derbies or something and, and all that sort of stuff. Now, it's his first Glasgow derby. Now, he's disowning manager, you know, disowning the games where he was actually the manager. See if he, see if you're a Rangers fan and you still think this guy's got it or if you work in the press and you think this guy's got it. Not a chance. That is what happens, Melly, when a good quality manager with a game plan who can motivate his players who can get performances like that out of the likes of Liam Scales turns up against a fat car salesman <laughs> who body shaming again yeah, which absolutely. I hate a jelly deal eating car salesman <laughs> who's spending six million pound on players that can't even get a start yeah the cockney banger got showed up for uh, it is, isn't he? drives to train and listen to Chaz and Dave <laughs> he goes home and watches is only fools and horses <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, just, we're going to be issuing a statement tomorrow yeah. apologising to all cockneys worldwide <laughs> no I think for this season I, I I've not taken an interest, but for some reason, Rangers, I've seen, watched four Rangers games. So I got mm. to see the Kilmarnock game. I got to see the game at the weekend there and the two games against PSV. That's unless they're playing Celtic, I rarely watch Rangers. But I've seen these games because I want I want to see what he's doing here. Mm. And it's terrible tactics he's got. Brought in this sort of 4-4-2 diamond and has no players that can take somebody on or with no pace. And it just stifles it all in midfield. He's expecting all these midfielders to do it. He sort of went with a 4-3-3 at the weekend, allowing Callum McGregor the space. And he's I don't know what he's doing because mm. it just seems to be give the ball to the fullbacks and get them to get the ball in the box as quickly as possible or give it to your centre-halves and shell it up. Ridiculous tactics in Scottish football for a guy that's coached in Brazil and all that. I don't see what... <laughs> The identity of Rangers is, um, I really can think of a Rangers team bar, Dick Advocate, that plays good football, but now when this guy came in, it was, oh, he was the brains behind Gerard. Mm. he's going to have it all his own way, coached in Brazil and all that, and I see nothing of that, I see nothing of an identity from Rangers, you can go, do you know what, they do that absolutely brilliantly, or they do that really well, it's pathetic tactics of just launching balls up to big guys. We've seen it at the start of the summer when they're all the targets, six foot plus, and you know, mm. we know how this is going to go, but that all falls down when you don't have a plan if that isn't working. You can't just bully your way to a league victory. It's not going to work in this day and age. You need to back up with some football, and you can't do that. And when the other team, Celtic, have players in positions that they can just pop the ball around you, don't really, he doesn't have an answer for it. No, and uh, th th partly helped with the fact that Dyson Maeda played tremendously, did a tremendous job on that side. But I just want to stick on Cal McGregor just for a wee bit longer because there were some doubts over Cal McGregor's performances recently, and it, just the way he stepped up and controlled that game. And Rangers, I mean, Rangers did try and do a job on him in the second half. That's yeah. true, but he was still getting plenty of luck, and he was everywhere. This is the Cal McGregor is best for me, Stephen. Everywhere, all at once ready to play the ball he's overtaking it off Greg Taylor at left back 
pops it and then he's taking it off midfield yeah. off uh, Matt O'Reilly and he's moving across the pitch just doing wee give and goes all the way up or he's playing at one point he played a cracking ball sort of it looked like with outside his foot down for a bad run yeah. on for he, he was just doing it all that was the one that led to the chance that Kyogo should have yeah. done yeah. there with a, he can, I think Kyogo we'll come back to Calmerget because that just well it's in my head like, I think he just got caught in two minds that was the he one that did, the, the near post flick. he tried to flick it to the back post I think he might have just seen the post maybe I'm too far beyond it maybe it's too far mm. beyond it to wrap my foot around it maybe I'll try that it was a strange one bad decision making at times Celtic I thought yeah. just that it could have been more mm. and that's yeah. that's the Celtic's credit again like to, to turn up with that team and we're coming away thinking we could have two, three, four goals or something in that in that game is really remarkable and again they should be ashamed of themselves <laughs> <laughs> but Callum McGregor stepped up is exactly the right term to use because he hasn't been good this season and Callum McGregor knows more than anyone really or as much as anyone that it hasn't been good enough this mm. this season he he will be aware as, as as much as the fans are that there are standards at this club and the St Johnson game the Kilmarnock game and even the two wins so far weren't up to it they mm. weren't up to the standards at all and Cal McGregor wears that all over his face when he's talking to to the media when it comes to it. he's very very honest always has been he was the one who was talking to us straight during the, the Covid season and all that so yeah, Cal McGregor he doesn't sugarcoat things and you can tell when he's not happy with the level of performance that Celtic are turning in and particularly him there's no way he's chuffed with, with what he's turning in as such a an important and decorated Celtic player so to to turn up to Ibrox and, and put in that is a I mean, it's maybe a, a trite way of putting it but a captain's performance Aye. a proper leader's performance uh, in the face of such adversity and again we're, we're laughing about it now but it just seemed like a total it takes that we're, I think you're right but we're laughing about it now because of the way they played yeah, because yeah, everyone aye. stepped up and played their yes, part yeah. and that's why we're sitting here having a right good laugh about it on a <laughs> yeah. podcast but it could have gone so differently Yeah, it could have gone so differently and I think part of the, the Celtic performance Rangers must have found it quite difficult because they probably in their heads thought right this is probably going to be a bit of a pushover for us and then when they when Celtic start to get a grip of the game for large periods of that game Rangers looked like their away team they couldn't cope with the way we were knocking the ball about they couldn't cope with Maeda's pressing Mark Riley I thought was brilliant and yeah. it was it, that's the sort of performance that can really kick a season on you know all these questions that even they might have had internally when you come away Fibrox with a performance and a result like that against all odds it can really kick your season on yeah and look, the, the fact that there's not a single Celtic fan in there there's not. There's just fifty thousand mm. people against you, but that can go against you when Rangers are <laughs> being absolutely dominated in midfield. And look, Celtic didn't create too many tremendous chances. The there was a point in the first half where I thought we really needed to take one of the one of those yeah. chances for, for this to be on top, but not creating chance after chance. There was the odd chance here and there, decent chances, but just the way we we're popping it about, I was get growing more and more in confidence. I thought we can play football again and we haven't seen that recently and as you're saying Callum McGregor he was just dictating it and I don't mean with the ball as well when he was popping it back to somebody he would be telling Greg Taylor mm -hmm. to pull in here so it was creating space for somebody else and the way he dropped off just allowed the ball to be bypassed him into Matt O'Reilly and Celtic were away it was just a brilliant performance for him Rogers got the tactics spot on but maybe controversially or not I don't think we learned a lot about Celtic here to be honest I still think we played well and we suffered and we've learned, look, do you know what, in the Champions League we'll be able to grind it out sometimes, but going forward in the league, a lot of the questions we had about the performances, St Johnston, Kilmarnock, I don't know if they've been answered yet because we'll rarely get a game like that. Yeah. The rest of this, there's still going to be issues that Celtic need to address, but for here, right now, 
that's tremendous. And look, the St Johnston and Kilmarnock games were terrible, and I feared the worst going in there. And Celtic really opened their season and went that this is us back. Brendan Rodgers, I'm back, and I think this is a result where Celtic can kick on. Mm. I said last week, I think I mentioned it on the. Uh, build up of the breakfast of champions come Monday we'll know where we are we'll know Champions League draw we'll know what squad we've got and we'll know what this result is and then maybe the season starts from there I was wrong the season started on Sunday we know where we are in the Champions League we know what players we've got and now we've got a big result to hang our hat on and we've got a four point gap after four games <laughs> in which we've already dropped points that's tremendous and it puts them right on the back foot maybe a bit too early because mm. I don't want them to sack Bill too early mm, that's that's the worry isn't it the worry is that they bin him because you really want to keep him around he's on a four year deal so it'll take it'll take a lot of, it'll take a lot of cheddar to get rid of him they should be uh, ashamed of that they should be ashamed of that as well I think there's a theme developing in this podcast <laughs> uh, right okay we, we've not played Super Vario World uh, mm. this oh, season so we'll just drop the jingle here yep. VAR right so <laughs> Super Vario World um, first VAR call of the season Ron Robertson sorry Don Robertson <laughs> got the got the look that's a ballsy call yeah that's a ballsy call the, I thought initially Lagabielka Stephen stayed on the ball too long and he did he did, he did yeah. stay on the ball too long and I thought god he's been caught here I wasn't giving it as a free kick um, but on the second viewing and then when the rule was explained to me for me clear as day free kick um, goal should have been disallowed whether or not VAR called it back due to not being clear and obvious which is what Rangers have disputed obviously yeah. I love how they've actually taken it to the SFA yeah yeah, yeah. Yes, actually I, I, done it. I like clockwork isn't it just yeah. anything, anything to appease the 50,000 performative yeah that's exactly what it is but it wouldn't be picked up anyway on the goal review because they would yeah. have just rewinded the tape to see if there was any fouls but I think once it was explained to me, it, it clear as the, it, as clear a fill as you're going to get. Exact same journey for me. I think yeah. I think I was surprised when it was when it was chopped off at the time because I thought it would be the easiest thing in the world to just give that because it is a, one of those weird grey area contentious issues where yes, but the the attacker has planted his foot and it's actually him. It's actually Lagerbelk who has kicked him. So mm. in, in actual fact, it's a fool the other way around. But once the, the wording of the rule is explained, then it, it's no longer even remotely controversial because no. you can tell it's not because it's no longer about, oh, that's never a foul. Because the, the rules, you can't really just say, well, that's the rule. I, I, don't, I disagree with the rule. That The rules are the rules. I mean, I'm saying the word rules quite I a lot here. I, I, yeah, I, there is one well, guy who... Yeah. He, he's, he's to come, yeah. So... All, the, all that's left after that is to say, yeah, well, it's a ridiculous rule. I don't agree with it because, you know, the, the game's gone if that's a foul. But it is. I mean, <laughs> you're just discovering that this is a foul because it doesn't suit you. And Neil McCann, you, you've, you've just brought King up... King right? the rule book. Uh, what, what a performance <laughs> it was. dragged the rule book onto telly. Yes, so that guy who infamously... I think he had a literal physical rule book yeah, on, te on telly with him to to state that he was right over a rule. Can't remember the incident. It was years ago now. But it has now decided... Many years on, get a new rule book. This this rule book doesn't suit me. Launches it theatrically out of the studio and wants and wants the, them all torn up and better suited to Rangers because it didn't go for us this time. It's, it's insane. I Michael Beal contestant, he's doing the Dessers that his leg planted, the defenders kicked him. Just lies. Well, you, well he's got previous for it. Do you remember the Jota, Jota. handball? Yeah. The Jota handball oh, at Celtic Park as well that led to Kyogo's goal. So yeah, that, that's he's got previous for that. When it was told, I've, I've heard, it was probably a sports sound I assumed that I was listening to and I heard it explained to Michael Beal's face about his, his that, his, that face mm. um, the, about the rule. 
It was explained out to him. The journalist, whoever it was, did a good job of telling him. Actually, if you read into the, the writing of the rules, um, hmm, uh, <laughs> this is why it was a foul. And he just said, yeah, well, I, I just think it's harsh. That he's a deeply it. unserious individual, yeah, Michael yeah. Bale. And I don't mean in a, in, like he, as in he's funny. I just mean there's nothing to take seriously. No, no, he's, there's no substance to him nah. whatsoever. He's just he's just a blagger, to be honest. He just seems like a guy who's bluffed his way into this job because he's got famous pals. Stephen yeah. Gerrard has, <laughs> has got him that... That job, and I, I can't believe he's there. I, I honestly can't believe it. it's like. Do it's you remember like, they used to compare it to Ange? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. How's had... he getting on? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I remember, remember Ange shat it and ran to the English Premier League to get away from people. I, he's like that. Do you remember that guy from like the nineties or the early two thousands who used to turn up in like team photos? It was oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He famously got onto like a really massive game for Man, Man United, United and, yeah. and just stood as if he was part of the team. Michael, that's Michael Beale for Rangers. I think he, he just... feels lucky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he just worked his way somehow he just bluffed his way into this job and I, I genuinely can't believe he's there it's a comparison I've made a number of times but it bears repeating he is their Gavin Strachan he's not even their John Kennedy no. he is he, Gary McAllister who's been just forgotten about now he was the assistant manager under Stephen Gerrard so they went one under him and appointed him as the as the first team coach of a still relatively major European mm -hmm. football job and they've just got this guy out absolutely just nobody absolutely Giovanni nobody. Van Bronckhorst they took them to a European final that, that, that that's, that's another one I've, I've started now I'm on it <laughs> let, let, let him go but the fact that he was allowed Last season, the fact he was allowed to just outright completely disrespect and throw that guy under the bus. We're allowed to do that. We're yes. a Celtic podcast. We laughed at Gio Van Bronckhorst. Nobody slags Gio but us. <laughs> exactly. We, we slagged him too. But the fact that he was, I think it was after the Aberdeen game, after the Aberdeen game that they lost, Liam Scales, who has been mentioned several times so far, he scored that incredible mm. goal they across <laughs> from about 40 yards, right? He came out after that game and blamed Giovanni Van Bronckhorst for the for the ills of this season. The problems of this season started before I got here. It was about five months into the job. So the fact that it's only taken till now for Rangers fans to finally see through this absolute facade of a manager that that I'm disappointed that they finally have, but I'm amazed that it's taken I, this long. I I'm think disappointed must, it's happened so early in the yeah, season because they, they will get binned before Christmas. Do you remember he, he came in, he was going to Rangers pubs and he was talking ah, about yeah. he, he bringing back the suits and all that. They all just swooned over that. It was just love hearts in the eyes. As soon as he started talking about suits and shoes, that, that was him. He, he looked pretty sharp in his suit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. touchline I've got to say. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, he's, he's been shown up again his, uh, his role of honour is getting really poor isn't it? Yeah. he's got that one game against Celtic where the league was wrapped up bar that lost the League Cup final lost the Scottish Cup semi-final lost through at Ibrox when they had to win lost games that they had to win he's just not got it he's just mm. not got it the PSV game comprehensively beaten absolutely shredded by PSV who are a good team but going into this game it was a if you don't win this, where do you go from here? Because Celtic finished that game with Ralston, Lagabielka, Scales and Bernabe at the back. Celtic fans would probably want three of those four replaced if they, they could have got their way in the transfer window mm. there. And it just it was a patchwork Celtic team with guys brought on, the subs brought on that are just in the door or have barely played for Celtic. And Celtic were comfortable in the victory. And not even that, I was looking at Celtic. It might be the worst Celtic team I've ever seen go, go to Ibrox at the start. Definitely more likely rather to be the worst that finished the game. But I can't, I, I, certainly since doing the podcast, but certainly since watching Celtic, I would struggle to think of, I'm not going to name names because it's a bit unfair, 
but I would struggle to think of a worst Celtic eleven starting a game at Ibrox. Oh, definitely in the last ten years or since we've yeah. been doing the podcast, uh, it's our birthday today, isn't it? Lad? So it is. Uh, yeah, is right. it? Yes. Nine, big, oh no, eight. I think it's eight years, but eight this is years, our ninth season. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. starting a podcast in September. Yeah, it's exactly, it's exactly when you want to start. Yeah, that. yeah, that's a football podcast that started on the fourth of September. Yeah. So thanks, Michael, for the wee birthday present. But it's his birthday, it's his birthday as, well. as well, is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, who's well. having a better time? Do you think? <laughs> so it was great to see him get like tactically outclassed, outfought, and again showing up again, and then and fighting in the stands as do well. Do you notice he's no, he's no had he had an awful lot to say about Ange Postecoglou. Right, he loved that little he's bar. He's got an awful lot to say, it, but he's not. Mm, he's not an awful lot to say about Brendan Rodgers, and oh, I think yeah, that's right. because he knows, doesn't he? Uh, he daddy's he, home. Uh, daddy's <laughs> home. Uh, I've I've seen it argued hilariously because again, if you've not been absolutely lapping up all the screenshots from Follow Follow and all the all the beautiful, different pieces of media, it just beautiful. go and treat yourself again. If you've already seen it all. Do it again, do it again <laughs> if you've got a few hours here. But I've seen it argued that, do you know what? The Tims really hate Michael Beale, so he must be doing something right. I, I like that mm-hmm. of him. Fine, cool. <laughs> Stick him. David Tanner on the duck out next to <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? so, so it's me. Is that, is that the qualification? The Tims absolutely hate him, so I keep him. <laughs> there is an agenda here, but do you know, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't really matter. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Public service announcement. Attention all my bearded troops out there from stubble to Maine. If you didn't already know, Manscaped now sells beard products. You heard that correctly. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming changed the game with their Beard Hedger Pro Kit. 
and now they're going a step further with their brand new Handyman, an electric face shaver for quick and convenient way to achieve a clean shaven look. Whether you're going to sharpen up your neckline or give your face a smooth finish, the Handyman has got you covered. Go to manscaped.com and use code TIMS for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to go from 5 o'clock shady yeah baby. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped's Beard Hedger. The Beard Hedger is a high-tech piece of art in a travel size package with a long-lasting battery, universal charging and a strong motor. Your face is your first impression and your beard is your most important accessory. So make sure you have the right tool for the job with the Beard Hedger. Looking for something, dare I say, smoother? Look no further than Manscaped's new Handyman Face Shaver. Hey Stephen. Yes Jamie? You've got a travel size package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code TIMS. Hit the refresh button with Manscaped. Right, next up, Dyson Mader. Um, yeah. I thought, again, absolutely crucial to yeah, that Celtic yeah. victory. Crossing, absolutely oh, wild. Dyson, absolutely yeah. wild. It seems like every game he's got a left foot cross that ends up out for a throw in yes, or, a co- yeah. or a bike kick at the other side. But is is he is pressing absolutely relentless? Did not give them a minute in the second half as well. All over Todd Cantwell. Like the, what I'm, I suppose what I'm saying is there's so many reasons about the the pitch why Rangers didn't have a good game. It wasn't just that the manager's an absolute fat myth. It's just that <laughs> Celtic players individually kept control of the ball, and in Dyson's case, back to that relentless pressure machine that we need them to be. Yeah, and I think. Uh... They're not internationals, are they? So Cantwell and Tavernier will be maybe going a wee trip this week mm. and they'll just see any bald man they'll go, oh, because every time <laughs> they got the ball... watching this? <laughs> every time they got the ball, Dyson Maeda was there. It was relentless. Uh, I think Anne spoke about it. It's the recovery speed he gets. So mm. after he does a sprint, he can sprint again just straight away and just... Utter work rate that the guy put in was exceptional. When he got the ball, totally different story. Yes. It was pretty terrible all in all. But these are the games he is built for. Games like this where you need somebody to keep their defence back or stop them. And he was absolutely brilliant. What a performance from him. He'll be invaluable in these type of games. He'll be invaluable in the Champions League. But like again, St Johnston and uh, Kilmarnock games, maybe not so much, but the guy is a unique player. I've never seen a, a player like him and I absolutely love him. He's just built for this and he will not stop running for you. You can just put him out there and know. Like I always say, see if you're having a bad game, make sure the guy up against you is having a bad game and he is the best I've ever seen at that. Uh, essential, essential to these games and long may it continue. I suppose that not everyone... Dyson isn't everyone's cup of tea because he does have those shortcomings going forward. He's not necessarily the most technically gifted of players. But I would say that he, he had some lovely pieces of play as well. There was one time where he, he was out on the left, he just sort of slalomed in between a couple of players, drew a foul and got Celtic out of a bit of pressure. So it's not, I don't want to draw that sort of distinction where uh, he runs a bit a lot, but he's terrible with the ball. His feet. That's not true either. It's just he does, he does lack that whatever it is, piece of... Cutting edge. Technical ability. Yes, cutting edge, technical ability. When when it comes to the the crucial moments going forward in the final third, it just does lack that. And and it is a pattern where it, it just... Massively overhits these crosses. It's not always good at. It's not always good at. But see, when it comes to just keeping Tavernier in their half, yeah. no, no one can do. It. I mean, you could maybe sort of roll your eyes at that and say, "Ah, oh, but big deal. He's crap." You know. So, but I mean, he is their biggest threat by by Easily. a mile. By a mile, he's their I'm biggest. I'm not threat. defending Tavernier, right? But they want his head on a platter, and uh, I think see if you stop playing him, he oh, contributes to all your free kicks. 
most of your assists and he chips in with about 15 goals a season That's he's your best player like, <laughs> by, by all means don't let me stop you bin the guy I don't know who your backup right back is Rhys Sterling who, who we saw at left back <laughs> and that rotten, was terrible man. Eh? I, so I the, my, own, my point is he's an important player for them oh, so it's a valuable contribution from Dyson hugely whatever you think of Tavernier you can sort of sneer at the number of penalties he scored and all that I'm not going to make the case that he's an amazing world class player but he's a threat he's definitely yeah. a threat he's given us bother before particularly I mean, that free kick granted that's not from his own creativity but that free kick he scored at Celtic Park not, not mm. so long ago was a, a great goal so he is a threat but, but he's not with Dyson around. It just yeah. isn't. He's just completely nullified and he is forced into doing the thing that he doesn't like doing and that's defending. So if you, if that's if that's you know, taken out of the game for Rangers, if Tavernier is no kind of threat, what else have they got genuinely? I mean, I suppose that's a, that's a debate over whether they have terrible players and there's a bit of that as well or whether those terrible players are being made to look even worse by Beal's tactics because you're not telling me that the players who regardless of their overall ability, have some sort of professional pride about them. They don't want to see Callum McGregor just strolling about at Ibrox t- doing whatever he wants. without a plan. Yeah, they're, that's, they're, that's, my po- that's my point. Yeah, right. There's no way that the players want to be want to be watching a, a, a show like that from McGregor and doing nothing I mean, about it. Bill's on there moaning about... Well, uh, this is the thing. So a couple of months back, this is the biggest rebuild they're going to be, is going to be seen in this club. I think we need to bring in 9 or 10 or 12 or 15 players. And then he's on the press conference bleating about how everyone's all, oh, you've, you're all talking rubbish about how much I've paid for my players. I've only paid 13 million for nine players. You shouldn't be moaning about things like this. You're a fighting age male. You should be out, <laughs> you're a combat aged man. You should be out there on that dugout making some moves in your team. You're not being outmaneuvered by Brendan Rodgers in a half croc Celtic team. That is 100% what he was doing at half time as well. Yeah. He was like, we're struggling here, queuing up all these Andrew Tate motivational speeches <laughs> and all that. Have you ever seen that hilarious, idiotic video of Andrew Tate? Where he's got his top off and he's just he's that's just pacing back and forth. <laughs> so, but he, he's like he's like pacing back and forward, and that's the whole video smoking a cigar. I bet that Bill took all the players in at half time, sat them all down, and made him watch. Like, made them what made he, them watch him do that. What he had was he had the the you know that that speech from any given Sunday, the yeah. Al Pacino one. Look to the man. He had that printed out in a bit of A4 and, <laughs> and a sweaty bit of A4 that been in his back pocket, and he just started yeah. reading it off a sheet. Um, no, I want to I want to keep on the Celtic and. Oh well, I was I was going to wait to then, but I'm just going to bring up Kyogo right now oh, because, right, I, okay. because I've talked myself into a cul-de-sac. Um, we did a little video, the bestest Larson, and it was available on Patreon. But spoiler alert: um, the winner was who was the winner? Edward. Edward yes. was the winner. I'd, I'd said controversially, Bellamy. Doesn't matter who we all picked. The answer is Kyogo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is fairly undeniable now. I mean, you could make the. The only thing that goes against Kyogo is that he is spending his peak years in Scotland, whereas the other ones have gone on to play in top five leagues. But I don't care about that. No, Larson spent his peak years in Scotland. Yes. Yeah, well, that's, but I'm talking about oh, Larson isn't in this debate. When he goes up against everyone else to be the best since Larson, those guys went on to play you know, fairly you know, reasonably successfully mm. at, at, at higher levels. That's the only thing that goes against him. And as I said, frankly, I don't care about that because it's what they do at Celtic that matters. And Kyogo is now un- fairly undeniable. What's that? Six goals he's got against Rangers. Yep. And this is a, quote, strong Rangers as well. So there's none of that stuff about how, oh, Dembele played against absolute jobbers, Clint Hill and all what that. What do you think their next lie is going to be? Because they do love a lie yeah, to yeah. back things uh-huh. up. Something to very recently, 
the lie was Beale's first game, yep. which stuck about. <sighs> uh, in fact, I listened to a Rangers podcast just to entertain myself. Of course, of course. And uh, they actually said uh, Beale's first derby defeat. <laughs> <laughs> they genuinely said that. That's how, open, that's how they opened their podcast. You can go have a wee listen if you want. I'm not going to give them Six. a... Six. Yeah, I'm not going to give them a plug. But would they, you know, not to derail the Kyogo chat, but it did, did remind me that there's going to be a lie emerging from this, isn't there? There'll be some sort of lie emerging. So just keep your eye out for that. <laughs> Anyways, carry on, Stephen. Ah, extraordinary. What a player. Um... He, he, as I say, he made some bad decisions elsewhere in the game. Should have done better. Should have squared it. Maybe should have mm. taken shots on a wee bit earlier. There was one that kind of got stuck under his feet. But when it counted, he stepped up once again and s- smashed home. Arguably the hardest chance he had in the entire game. Rattled at home. What a finish it was. Finish. That amazing sound that came off oh. the net. See that wee sort of clunky sort of... <sighs> the McGregor at Hamden sort of... Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. So it's what a, a satisfying sound it is to hear when it, when a goal goes in like that. It's, it's such a, a aesthetically and orally pleasing goal, mm-hmm. a, a, a brilliant goal. And credit to O'Reilly for that as well yeah. because he got the, the header back in. Terrible header from Goldson, of course. <laughs> the, the one thing you didn't want to happen was to head it directly into the, the middle of the park. That's not a defender's header. No, no, definitely not. O'Reilly's header reminded me of... Lustig's header for Edwards' goal oh, yeah. in the mm-hmm. treble treble uh, game at Hamden. He uh, just headed it straight through the defence, and Edward ran through and scored. But Kyogo's finish just a- absolutely brilliant. And Butland has been something of an upgrade on McGregor yeah. so far. Difficult not yes. to be <laughs> the ghost of Alan McGregor towards the end of his career. Was <laughs> in the crowd? A very, oh, was he? <laughs> a very very angry ghost of Alan McGregor. But he was getting absolutely nowhere near that. All six foot five of him, or whatever he is, the big hero they've got in the in goals. He, he was getting nowhere near that because what a finish, what a striker, and what a player he's I been. Bet McGregor was in this stand, definitely going to he his was. pals, definitely going to his pals. Ah, oh, he's fucking. I would have saved that. Shit. <laughs> 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 no chance, and I think it's one of those chances where if he takes another touch, it's probably a better chance he's going to miss it but mm. just that instinct that he just took it on smashed it and the keeper it's past the keeper before he's got a chance he had a good few chances in the game where you think oh come on man you're the one guy we rely on but I still think Celtic are slowly getting there but there's just a lot of poor decisions being made and I think that that will come I think under Ange Postacoglu if one winger got the ball the striker and other winger knew where they had to be everybody knew where they had to be depending on where the guys were we're not quite at there at Celtic I think Abada Maeda Kyogo all made wrong decisions in their finish and their execution but the best thing about this is that can come mm. and we've got this victory now Rangers have been working on this since what, January or when it, whenever Beal came in they brought in Cantwell they brought in Raskin the midfield dynamos that are going to dominate Celtic <laughs> didn't see it again and in the summer he went out and he got all his own players so he's got his own players now and that's what they serve up and they can't handle Kyogo they simply no. can't handle him whether Celtic create chances for him or like that one it's just pure instinct they can't handle him it's like the goal you are speaking about earlier Stephen the Jota handball as Michael Beal put it that just comes about and the guy's there at the right place at the right time you cannot you can't buy that elsewhere Celtic will never be able to replace this guy he's unbelievable six goals against Rangers puts him right in the hun scalping he's tremendous and I love watching him and I think hopefully we'll get Celtic to see Celtic settle down now get some new players in and create more chances for the guy and he can have a smashing season again I do think this team are going places under Brendan. I have maintained that you know it just it's just going to take time to click, and it's it's not been looking good. But games like this, you do start to think, right? I look, Brendan knows what he's doing here. The guy's yeah. a winner, and he said after the game, he said, 
I need, I need. I told the players they need to go out. They're all young guys. They need to go out and play like men. Yeah. And and that's the sort of performance that Brendan Rodgers can inspire in his team. Do you know what I mean? There's, the thing is, he's good at getting these performances out of players that you think maybe don't have it. But with, with a player like Kyogo, it's just about utilising the absolute bit. Because you can trust Kyogo. Yeah. You, you feed him the ball and he's going to score in most situations. And it's about just getting the absolute best out of him. You wonder how much coaching Brendan really needs to do with a player that good. No, that, I don't, that, sorry, that. sorry to jump in there, but they don't know where he is. It's all instinct with Co- yeah. Kyogo. I, I don't think there is necessarily a lot of a lot of coaching to be done there. Go do Kyogo stuff. I, do some Kyogo <laughs> shit. I just... <laughs> Just go and do your thing. That's yeah. all you need to do. Same with Cal McGregor. It's kind of just go and do your thing. Where there's probably other players where he's got to be quite specific with them. But with Kyogo, I think like that chance is the hardest one out of the ones he had, and he's there to do it. It's not one where Celtic have broke Rangers down or they've created a chance for him. It's just sheer instinct, and they simply can't handle it. The other chances, he doesn't do too well. But what you're saying about Celtic, I still think it might take a wee bit longer to get Celtic where Brendan Rodgers wants to be and I think that's just a combination of things I still don't think we've got all the players in we need to be honest I don't think we've got the time with the international break now straight back into it and then there's Champions League games I think that'll interrupt it but I think once Celtic settle down come maybe November time I think you'll start to see Celtic in it because there was still a lot of concerning things in the game for me I think Rangers got into positions too easily for us I thought Things like Greg Taylor, renowned for being calm on the ball and passing, his passing was abysmal yeah, and that's the right. thing that he's well known for. So I think we still need to sort something in there. There was something like Cantwell I found in the second half particular. He was he turned up in our box easily five or six times during Rangers attacks completely unmarked. Like yeah. We didn't know, I don't know what he was, there was a change in Rangers shape and they were trying to do something differently. Whatever happened, Cantwell found himself inside their box unmarked so many times and I thought to myself, these are the things you need to sort of be more aware of. But again, it was a bit of a makeshift team, wasn't it? Yeah, no, that's what I was just coming on. It, look, it's it's going to be difficult because we've got so many injuries and we've got the Champions League. And if we play like we did on Sunday against any team in the Champions League, we'll get punished. But they're not Rangers, so no. it was fine. <laughs> uh, as shameful as Rangers were. But the great thing is Celtic get the victory here. It can kick on the season and we can look to see, right, we can do that with this patchwork team. Imagine bringing in Carter Vickers, Novotsky, fully fit Alistair Johnson, Real Hitati, <sighs> Palmer, Yang, Tilio, mm. O's back. Celtic will start to get options back, so I think Celtic will start to settle into it, but there's still still a lot of work needing done. I still think there's that creative spark missing, but to go out there and get a victory with that team... like. Thank you. I thought home looked good, Benicky one. Yeah, there was a little bit of um, maybe is there an argument for sorry, but is there an argument for him maybe starting ahead of Turnbull now going forward? Uh, yeah, I mean, I give the credit to everyone who was involved in that game, in that win, and, and digging in and fighting for that victory. The credit they deserve, but I don't, I don't know if it necessarily says much going forward. I think you it can, says more about Rangers than it does. Say well, yeah, and I, I think like. This, this represented Celtic sort of being back rather than an explosive start to the season yeah. or anything like that. I think we can sort of compartmentalise that game in a, the achievement it was. But I don't think it necessarily says much for Scales or Turnbull or guys like that going forward. I think that the, as soon as players come back, you've listed the several. There's Bernardo as well, oh, which we've all kind of forgotten about. Phillips, yeah, yeah, exactly. So once these guys come back fit, then I don't think they'll keep their places just because of what happened on, on Sunday. Home... Um, Looks really. Do you I like think it looks a, good. Yeah, he does. He looks like a really excellent acquisition. Very, very comfortable. Very confident presence. 
there was maybe a little bit of over eagerness between him and Yang and guys like that who came in to so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yang, he's like a, he's like a, I don't know, he's like a dog chasing the ball or something. So like just you can't stop him. But yeah. you know, once we sort of hone that, once we sort yeah. of harness all that energy, and well, something the best guy to do exactly, that, yeah. into something pretty effective and useful, I think he'll be he'll be a very that'll be unstoppable in Scotland. But it's, See, it's, he turned that Rangers defender I, inside out about four times, then fell. I was like, that's I, too much. That's okay. You're allowed to do that. It, it will be a case of holding that though because we need to kind of get a grip of him but he's full of that brand new player brand new attacking player enthusiasm mm. just now we need to sort of calm him down a wee bit but Yang and home they were making slight, not I wouldn't say bad decisions that seems very harsh but not quite the right decisions at the right time whether it was playing someone through or spotting a run on the outside or whatever it was a cutback something they were taking on shots and O was another one O mm. played that weird ball oh, over clip it yeah around. I saw what he was trying to do it was the right idea but he massively overhit it and Yang couldn't get on the end of it so once all these things start to click once these players are you know, it's the kind of example we used earlier about scales and Lagerbeer because they'll pro they'll never get the chance to play together probably again, and they, they will never develop into a partnership. But these players will. The, the Yang and Home they will all play loads together, and they will start to find that kind of click between them as they get to know each other. They're all relatively brand new players. They're all quite young, quite young players, and they're just coming into this team. Well, it's not, I mean, it's, as much as we are laughing quite a lot at Rangers, it's still a big game, it's still a massive game, a highly pressured environment to go into. So I, I don't blame them for thinking, especially with the, the, the way the last maybe quarter of the game went, where it was kind of backs to the wall stuff. I don't really blame them for thinking, right, we really need to score here and taking on shots when maybe it wasn't on. So that'll come. Well, I, 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 in that way, I kind of disagree with the Perry a wee bit on the game or... or maybe I'm picking you up wrong, but I, I don't necessarily think you sort of compartmentalise this game as you put it, Stephen, put it on the shelf and that then it doesn't really reflect in the end of the season because I think the team can take so much from this game and carry on to the next the next couple of That's games true. and yeah. the rest of the season. For talking sake, Callum McGregor, no matter who you are, self-doubt starts to come into things, you know what I mean? And Callum McGregor said a couple of weeks ago, I think it was the Kilmarnock game, we can't let this malaise set in. We need to nip it in the bud. Next game, the St. Johnson game. So immediately right away, there's definitely doubt you know you're doubting yourself you're maybe doubting the manager then a result like that happens and Brendan Rodgers can go back at that to like that guy that meme do you know what I mean like this is what I can do trust me trust in me this is what I can do Liam Scales for as limited a player as he is we now know if push comes to shove we can rely on him because yeah. before we were like he, that guy can't play for a second now we know push comes to shove we can rely on him Lagerbielka you're not going to get a better education than that. No. You know, we're under the cosh for, for most of the game. My Ibrox in front of no Celtic fans. He's going to learn so much there. Joe Hart, we, we thought, you know, is Joe Hart finished here? I mean, he had to play sweeper a lot of the game. Yes, barely those two turkeys ahead of him <laughs> at times, yeah. He was playing, but he was really communicating with them. I think part of the reason those two were so successful was because you've got an experienced guy like Joe Hart behind you. Pulled off some cracking saves, came out super quick for the Lammers chance. So there's loads of stuff. You, there is, there are some players. I know what you're saying, Melly, and I really don't want to spend time naming names because it feels like a shady thing to do. But you're looking at the likes of Turnbull and, and Taylor, and you're thinking like, or did we learn specifically much about these guys? No, but I think there are lots of positive to take from this game oh, throughout the season, and I really do think things like this can kick your season on because 
everyone's just got a lot more trust in the manager now and the players are starting to trust themselves. Yeah. Sorry, just to clear that up, to, what I specifically meant on the compartmentalise mm. that game is that we're unlikely Big to see that. it. Yeah, so we've used it several times yeah. now as well, is that we're unlikely to see that again is what mm. I meant. It's, ah, not like, right, okay. it's not like there's much to be built upon from that game because of the lineup. There's huge amounts of confidence to be taken from it individually and as a collective. But we're never going to see that lineup again. At least I hope not. Going into May, I mean, we'll get the Champions League coming up if we we'll get that we'll lineup. Get fire going on the uh, yeah, exactly. So what I mean by that is that we kind of feel that away as a great, great achievement. But now we've got six players to add mm. to this team, and we're probably never going to see it again. Yeah, I think it's the the result can kick on your season. You're right. I think then if the MD had any doubts about the manager, player wise, they'll have complete buy in now. Maybe a lot of fans as well, but. The performance again wasn't great, was it? And if no. Celtic are going to take that team going into the Dundee game or next game, you're looking like, where's the creativity? If you think maybe home should start ahead of Turnbull, fair enough, but Turnbull, eh, home, McGregor and O'Reilly, is that going to create a lot of chances? Is Abadan, Maeda, I didn't want to see them on the pitch together again because I don't think they're creative enough. And Lagerbielka and Scales, they were terrible pretty terrible on the ball against St. Johnson. So while we've not learned a lot about individual players, we've learned a lot about the team and the squad and they dug deep, they suffered. And look, I don't think it would have been a disaster if Celtic had lost that game, if they maybe had taken a bad beating, possibly. But I said before the sort of season and before this game that I thought, look, it's getting to the point where Rangers will probably win their two home games against us. We'll win our two home games and it'll be a the rest of the games that settle it Celtic have got a massive massive mm. advantage now because they've went there without a single fan there and got a victory against the odds when Rangers think they, they should be really steamrolling in Celtic that was a worse team than they could beat by Rangers 3-0 uh, at the end of last season so Celtic have went out there stole a victory deservingly and got out of there and deservedly it, stole I, I think so <laughs> because I think everything was against us uh, Maybe it's just personally because I didn't believe we'd win, but to go out there and get that victory, really do okay, but have so many still deficiencies in the team, I think, real deficiencies, and then think, hold on a minute, by the time the next game rolls around, we could have three, four, five players back or new players in. In a couple of months' time, we could have another three, four players back from injury. Squad starting to look good, still has some deficiencies, but... Doesn't matter because we won one now. So the, uh, we did. We've got a lot of players to come back, and that's sort of been a theme of this game about how the the lineup's going to look really different. Uh, transfer window was weird, wasn't it? I thought, you know, we've got the Champions League coming up, so we obviously had to get reinforcements, and we'll talk about the Champions League group in a minute. I thought we think we've not got much time in the podcast to go into the full detail. We're not going to have a full autopsy of the transfer window, but I thought ultimately we paid the price for leaving our business so late, and I thought there were key areas of the pitch that were not strengthened I thought perhaps left back and goalkeeper were two oh, areas and striker as well just while you were speaking there about Joe Hart and all that maybe that's why a keeper wasn't yeah, uh, right. targeted because we weren't really linked to any but maybe just Brendan Rodgers thinks look I just need Joe Hart's experience maybe. back there because of it's a new team it's going to be a pretty much a new defence and we needed him back there and we definitely did it the maybe, I mean maybe but I just think you know we, we, we it's difficult after a result like that that's how Celtic get you is, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, it's difficult after a result like that to come on and have a, a grumble about the, the transfer business but squad to me is bloated in certain areas uneven in certain areas Stephen and particularly left back and another striker I think we could have been doing with and for me it's unfathomable 
incredibly weird that we leave all our business to the last week in the season and people say well it doesn't matter you've got the players in now well it does because we're at the cup mm, we drop yeah. points to St Johnson and you know we've got now we'll get players who miss PC. It, you know, leaving it late is never the best thing to do. I'm encouraged by some of the players we've brought in. Yeah. Um, Bernardo mm-hmm. um, looks like an interesting prospect. We've seen what happens when you get guys like that before. Similar profile to Jota. Handsome chap as well. A handsome chap. I've already said that I quite like Yang. I like home. So there's, there's some interesting players coming in. Navrotsky, I want to see more of him. Phillips from Liverpool is an interesting one. Emergency guy coming in until January at least. So there's some interesting signings there. Palmer. Is a, yeah. is another one, but again, why we left that so late? It's curious to me. But we're we're so heavily bloated in the midfield area, but we've got one almost one fullback that the manager trusts on left side. Yeah, I think I think it's odd. I'm not unhappy with the transfer mm. window, but I do think it's a strange one when when it, when all is said and done, when it's slammed shut mm. and it has slammed shut, and you can actually analyse what actually went on. I think it is a bit of an odd one. I think it's it's too simplistic to say, "Aye, but we signed nine players. What are you moaning about?" But but what did they actually do? Is that like three centre-halves, three midfielders and three wingers brought mm. in? As far as I know. I, I don't know if there are any more than that. But So we've spent three months, and I, I'll admit, as soon as I saw that lineup coming out for the Rangers game, I thought, we've spent three months doing nothing. Yeah, here. We've absolutely squandered it. We've wasted it. <laughs> run, about, run about with my arse on fire before the game, absolutely panicking. But I, I, I do think it's odd. I, on the goalkeeper thing, I, I agree with that. I think Joe Hart will be absolutely fine this season and he's such a valuable presence around the place. But what I would say on that is that this is his last season. Yeah. So he'd need to do something about it mm. sometime. Ideally, it would have been now rather than leaving it to the last minute next summer. But maybe that's maybe that's been overly picky. But I look at the squad now and I'm only really going on things, quite odd things that don't marry up as, as far as they've been said. So... During transfer deadline day, Brendan Rodgers said something about he was waiting for a number of players being confirmed. Yeah. And then only Bernardo came in that was after odd. that. And he had already basically all but been confirmed at that point anyway. So there was nothing beyond that. So everyone was a wee bit confused by that. Whether he misspoke, I don't know. But it was no, a, he said it in two separate interviews. Yeah, so it was a confusing end to it. And now that, that I look at the squad, it, it's also said, I don't know if this is actually true or whether people just say it about managers, but they like to work with a... a streamlined quite mm. small squad and it's been said about Brendan Rodgers before what we imagine a, a small squad to be is about 23-24 players so why did we spend the, the summer bringing so many midfielders and wingers in 33 first team players 33 first team players yeah. and see if you add together the centre halves in the squad which again was a bit of an emergency mm. we had to do something there centre halves central midfielders and wingers alone that's about 23 players alone and for three positions so I'm not complaining about this I don't think it was a bad window sounds like you are. but well <laughs> I'm just conf- I'm just slightly confused by it I'm, I'm, I'm confused by what the strategy was I don't yes. know why it was it was so focused in these areas and may- maybe things were afoot that just didn't co- the usual couldn't get them over the line and all I that I don't buy that yeah I, I, don't, I don't know and, and see again if you see if you actually break down the makeup of the squad now you'd be as well not counting Phillips because he literally is an emergency mm. loan to fill in a gap that you know nobody saw coming four centre-halves inches at the same time so that's one chopped off the list that wasn't really planned for anyway Quan has come in the same window where Iwata was a compulsory buy. So the two of them are now permanent signings at Celtic, adding to quite a lot of midfielders. So it's not that it's a bad thing overall, the window. You can never have, I mean, you potentially could have too many good players, but I, I just, I'm confused by what the focus was, what the strategy there was, was of the window. comments you know I mean? from Brendan Rodgers saying he wanted more power in the team. That was yeah. another one, yeah. I, I've not seen that arrive. Yeah. The midfield does confuse me. I've got, a, like, you might correct me here, but 
as far as quality midfielders go, right? We've got McGregor, we've got O'Reilly, we've got Hatati, we've got Awata, who we signed on a permanent deal, J League Player of the Year last year. You must think there's something about him there. We brought in home, we brought in Bernardo. Am I missing anyone here? Turnbull, McCarthy. Well, I said quality. Oh, Tur- McCarthy's never going to play, but we just seem so full in that area now. I don't know how we've, all, all these guys will want to play. The point yeah. is, they'll all want to play, they'll all want to start games, but McGregor's going to start almost every single game. Matt O'Reilly, you think, is going to start the majority of the games. So the rest of these guys are vying out for David Turnbull's shirt, which is peculiar to me, because you think, based on absolutely nothing at all, just based on the pedigree of all the players, I'm looking at Bernardo going, Portuguese youth prospect, got on loan, same sort of level in his career as Jota was. You'd expect him to fill that slot. Where does that leave everyone else? James Forrest wasn't even on the bench. No. So so you're thinking, right, well, is he now out of consideration? Is he out of contention? Mikey Johnson, what's happening with him? Signed a new contract. It's odd. The makeup of the squad now is, is pretty odd. And I think... I, 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 you said, Stephen, you think it'll take a couple of windows to get the squad to where Brendan Rodgers needs it to be. And I think that'll be the case as well. I just kind of... I'm a bit like you, slightly confused as to what went down. I wish I knew more. I wish somebody for the club could explain it. Well, this is why... It, it didn't work out because if, if Brendan Rodgers comes into the club as early as he did and we were all seeing how good it was to get someone in so early slap bang at the beginning of the summer Brendan Rodgers comes in if he says which I'm sure he did within the first couple of weeks I want a left back I just don't see how we can't get one over the line mm. I just don't see why it's difficult for Celtic to do that yeah I think with the I'm looking at the the sort of midfielders and for me it's still going to be O'Reilly McGregor and Hattati so yeah. you've brought in, what, three, four guys in there and have you improved? Look, Bernardo might turn out to be good and we get that depth. It might be hard for Celtic to get better players than those three. I can accept that. So does it push Turnbull down? So you've got Holm and Bernardo and then Turnbull, that's fine. But then what about Kwan and Awata? Where, where are they? The Awata one's peculiar. I, yeah, I don't yeah. see him getting any game. To, Kobayashi, yeah. another guy we've completely yeah. forgotten about. Yeah, so there's, there's plenty of players in there. But come the end of the season, before Celtic lost any players, I wanted a goalkeeper centre-back, left-back and winger losing Jota and Starfield I'm happy with the centre-halves that's fine the left-back thing hasn't been addressed and I just I can't see why not I can't see why not and we were sort of I don't know if I don't think it was coming out the club in any way but we were sort of told through the press through forums and all that that Celtic were going to spend big but in reality nothing changed for Celtic we kept the same model and look that's fine but see, when we get to the end of the window and we are maybe thinking, look, maybe we'll just try to get different players over the line and it just takes more time. And if we get to the end of the window and we bring in real guys, you think, oh, do you know that? It was worth the wait. But Palmer, Bernardo, Phillips might all be good players, mm. but they would all have been available two months ago. There's no way that mm. we ended up at the ended up at the end of the window fighting to get these players because they weren't available at the start of the window. And that was my thinking. I thought, look, maybe we'll just try to get guys and then it's taken a wee bit longer. But the longer it went, you're like, we're leaving ourselves so much little time to address everything. These guys might come in and be good, but if I'm looking at what I think might be the best Celtic starting 11 or the best 13-14, I'm still looking right at my left back and going... We need somebody in there in January. I'm still, despite what I said about Joe Hart, I still think long term and even this season, he still could end up looking very foolish mm. in the Champions League because he is older now. There was a good save with his legs that 
looked as yes, if he was like I remember a, the one yeah, yeah he yeah. just looked like a robot going yeah. down <laughs> and uh, so I think it's, it needed addressed it wasn't addressed and I look well we got that victory and it papers over all that because we're on a high there now the transfer business looking at it a whole nothing changed for Celtic in the model but everything took longer than it was under Ange and all that and it just doesn't look good especially having a new manager and you think get him the guys he wants in there's no way he's wanting to be bringing on Burnaby against Rangers there's no enthusiasm about it like I'd said before on I think on the Friday phone and somebody asked us a question about it I said look Lagabielka could be a tremendous young defender home could be a tremendous young midfielder. Yang, we've brought in all these exciting young players from interesting leagues. We've not done the thing that we're, we're so inclined to do sometimes and just go scoop up a whole bunch of loans from England. We've went to all these different leagues, got players who look like they're on the verge of breaking through. And God knows we're not bringing through our own players, so we might as well go and do this. Yeah. And th- that's an enthusiastic way to look at it. However, that's not even the message come from Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers is saying, oh, we'll probably need to go back and win. The-. He's not saying, oh, look, I've got some really exciting young players here. I'm like, there's no enthusiasm and just the last word on it because people are tuning in here about Rangers <laughs> um, it's just it, you're right Melly it's, it's a weird thing to bring in a new manager and not have the, the impact the impact signings this is me this is my new recruits this is all my great players and we're going to assault the Champions League on which Stephen um, Feyenoord Lazio and Atletico Madrid um a lot of stabby destinations there. <laughs> yeah, be careful out there, folks. Yeah, yeah a lot of stabby destinations. There, no, the worst group that we could have hoped for. No. Um, as far as Champions League groups go, it's about as best you're going to get, really. Yeah. Um, I, I think third that is doable. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I think it will be. I, I feel like I want to wait until the game starts. Do you get anything for third now in this format? No, yes, this is the last one. Currently, is it, this yes. is the last one. Yeah, you're right. So th- this is the last time we get that parachute into the Europa if mm. you if you finish third. So uh, what, what did the Rangers get? Uh, <laughs> that's, oh, oh, that's right. They got pumped off the <laughs> Yes, they did. Um, I, I just don't know where Celtic are in the Champions mm. League anymore. I really don't. I was I was reasonably happy with what they did last year. It wasn't ultimately good enough to achieve anything. Should have won. Should have won at least one of the Shakhtar games, at least one of those. Uh, but they played well and they gave it a go and went at and you know gave Real Madrid a, a bit of a fright for half mm. an hour at Celtic Park. These are all good things. They send a wee bit a wee bit sort of defeatist but I don't know where Celtic are in the Champions League anymore it remains to be seen and we've got a new manager so things might be completely different come the, the start of it which is in a couple of weeks time group wise could have been a lot worse I think there were some terrifying looking groups in there uh, really I mean terrifying Newcastle's group uh, horrifying uh, all Let's be realistic. All of the teams in their current group will be looking at Celtic, thinking, "Ooh, I'll, I'll have a bit of that." Yep. But we're the pot four team. We just need yep. to deal with that. But I think it could have been an awful lot worse if you had to handpick a team from pot one. It would have been Feyenoord, oh, yes. not necessarily Atletico Madrid from the from the next one, and maybe not necessarily Lazio. But these are all teams that we have played and beaten. You played in, yeah. Well, beat, certainly beat Lazio home and away. Atletico Madrid sort of going to be very very difficult. We've not played Feyenoord for decades, mm. decades and decades. So. It'll be interesting. I find it difficult to predict anything. What would represent some sort of success for me is just get a win. Please just just win a game. And I know that sounds pathetic and people are like, oh, come on, muster up a bit more enthusiasm than that. But when was the last time we won a game? Was it Anderlecht? Yeah. Anderlecht in 2016, I think that was. 2016, 17, yeah. And then at home, it's Ajax. Yep. 10 years ago or something like that. Mm. So it's not well, something we pro- do often. Does, a win does represent progress. Yeah. What do you think of this group, Melly? 
Hey, well, watching the draw, I thought, thought that would be the ideal group. I think we got down to the last two groups uh, and that, that was the best one we could have got. And then when I sort of think, oh, that's, that's good, that's the best group we could have got, does it mean I still think we're going to qualify? Probably not, to be honest. I think what you said uh, earlier when you're talking about, look, maybe it'll take a couple of transfer windows for Brendan Rodgers to get his team. Like, what did Ange get? Four transfer windows mm. or something? And then he's away. So yeah. every so Brendan man... assured us he's going to be here for how long? <laughs> well, three years. I guarantee he'll be here for three years. But just with the way Celtic are, I think they're just constantly going to be in, in transition. So I think what you need is... Like at that game of the weekend, I think if Celtic are going to get anything from any of these games, they'll need everything to go for them. And already we're going into the Champions League without Cameron Carter-Vickers, which means we're probably going to lose goals. We brought in another centre-half to go alongside him and he's out for most of that as well. So I think it's going to be difficult for Celtic, like I said. I don't know how fit players are going to be. We're going to be, yes, Louis Palmer will be in, but he's didn't even get on at the weekend you'll have one game against Dundee to get up to speed and then it's uh, straight into the Champions League so I think Celtic are going to be patchworking this I think it'll be like Ange's first season in Europe I think it'll be exciting but I think Celtic will take some beatings but I'm just looking forward to it now I think it was a decent draw I don't think Celtic will win too many games but like Stephen if we can get a victory and not get demolished by these teams but look the quality in these teams mean Aye. you make a mistake or two you're going to get punished and Nat Phillips and Lager Bielka uh, and AJ and Graham uh, Graham Taylor I nearly said that <laughs> Greg, Greg Taylor Hopefully. Greg Taylor at the back with Joe Hart I just I don't see where Celtic are going to conjure up things but didn't see how Celtic were going to conjure exactly. up a victory at the mm. weekend so Trust in Brendan, but he's got his work cut out for him, man. You can follow Celtic in the Champions League by following us on patreon.com slash 20 minute times. We'll have lots of extra videos and podcasts and writing all about Celtic in the Champions League all through the season. Uh, you can help us also by subscribing on YouTube if you watch here. More than half the people that watch aren't subscribed, so just hit subscribe. That's an enormous help to us as well and it doesn't cost anything. Um, but most of all, thanks for watching and listening, and we'll see you next week. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.